Well, Merry Christmas, Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us. We wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. And, you know, we're uh, doing our, our candlelight service, and, and it's interesting because, you know what the most popular Christmas decoration is in the world? is Christmas lights. Christmas lights, right? Christmas lights. You know, I, we're going to take a, a quick informal poll here, okay? Anybody here? Just die hard, all white lights, all white lights. Okay, we got some of you guys. Okay, anybody here? I like all the colors, all the colors at all. Okay, I think we're going to have a war afterwards, okay? And uh, we're going to see who wins out. Some of you, you don't, you don't care. You, you know what's the worst thing? It's, it's mixing the white lights now, though, right? Because it's like you got the daylights and then the warm lights and all that. It's like, you know, they got so many lights out there. But, but lights are, are so popular. It's the number one Christmas decoration in the world. Number one Christmas decoration. You know, um, Christmas lights weren't, weren't always a thing. You know what they used to do before Christmas lights? They put candles on trees. That's a brilliant idea. Like, what could go wrong? Like, let's cut down a tree. Let's let it dry out inside the house, and let's put candles on it. Like, eventually they realized it was a bad idea. The first person to ever string lights together was, of course, Thomas Edison. Uh, he strung lights together, and that very same year, in the late 1800s, he strung them out in front of his shop, and that was the first Christmas lights ever to be made, but it was still many, many years before it gained popularity. In the early 1900s, it would cost you approximately, well, well in today's dollars, $3,000 to light up your Christmas tree with lights, so you'd be considered a very wealthy person if you had Christmas lights. But now, now Christmas lights are the most popular uh, one in the world. In fact, you know, it's somewhere around 150 million strands of Christmas lights are sold in our country every year. Christmas lights. Why light? Why lights though? Why not something else? Like we have other holidays. We don't celebrate them with lights. Why Christmas and why light? You know, light is mentioned over 270 times in the Bible. When we talk about you know, light, like we have expressions that go along with light, right? Like you might tell somebody to lighten up a little bit, you know, tell them to, to lighten up. Or, or, or you might have, a, see the cartoon where the light bulb kind of pops over somebody's head? That means they've got an idea, right? They, they have some kind of new understanding. Or, or if somebody says, oh, oh, they came into the light. That means that now they agree with you. Now they, now they have an understanding that's similar to yours, perhaps, or, you know, you tell somebody, hey, you light up my life. You know, you're saying, oh, you, you illuminate my life. Or, or if there's somebody you don't agree with, you might just say, well, well, they're in the dark. They're in the dark about that. So light is something that, that we use in our vocabulary all the time. You know the first thing that God did? Like, we see this back in the beginning. In Genesis, it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. He created light. And then... On the first Christmas, he also brought light. All throughout the Old Testament, though, we see God referred to as light. In Psalm chapter 27, it says this. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my light. He illuminates. And then there was a, a prophecy of a Messiah who would be coming in Isaiah 9. It says, the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. A light will shine. For those who are walking in darkness, and it seems like, like ever increasingly more people are walking in darkness, and then we see the prophecy fulfilled in the book of John. 
that's telling of the birth of the Messiah. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word they're speaking of is Jesus. It says, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Verse 5, look what it says here. And the light shines in the darkness. I think. There we go. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You know, the same God who created light became light. Sent his son to this earth to be born in a manger to become the light of the world. This God who created light. If there's one symbol of God that we see repeated throughout the Bible, it's this idea that God is light and this Messiah is coming. So what would be a good way to announce the presence of a Messiah? Well, there were shepherds in the countryside in the dark. One night, they're out there, and they're watching their sheep. And what do they see? They see angels come, and they see a burst of brilliant light, and angels singing, glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then they tell the shepherds of the baby who was born, and it's this display of light that was there. Far away, there was wise men who were also in the dark. They were in the dark, and they see also a light. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. They see the star. They see the light. They follow the star. They follow the light, which leads them to this child, Jesus, the Messiah. See, God was using light to announce the birth of Jesus to both the shepherds and to the wise men. You know what I heard somebody say? said, uh, if wise men were actually women, they would have, number one, they would have asked for directions they would have got there on time. They would have cleaned up the stable. They would have brought more practical gifts like diapers and such things as that. The only problem is on the way back, they'd be saying something, well, that boy didn't look like his daddy at all, so. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Um, the wise men, they kind of like represent the white collar group, though. The white collar, they, they, they were the educated, but they were the seekers. And the shepherds kind of represent the, the rough and the tough, the outsiders. But both of them were pointed to Jesus by the light. And he didn't show up to the religious people. He didn't show up to the fancy people. He showed up to these shepherds, these outsiders. He showed up to, the, to these wise men, those who were seeking a Messiah. They were seeking the light. You know, if you think about what God did, Anyone who wanted to come up with a religion, let's say, anyone can come up with a way where good people can go to heaven, right? All of us, we can think of, well, hey, if you're really good, you go to heaven, right? It's not that difficult. Anybody can think of a, uh, an opportunity for good people to go to heaven, but only God can devise a plan where sinners and enemies get to go to heaven, where people who are broken, who are shattered, who have shame and sin in their life, that they can go to heaven. And Jesus he came to this earth, and he was spending time with, with the messed up people. Not like Santa Claus at all. See, Santa Claus says, you know, he knows if you're naughty or nice, right? So you got to be good. 
See, Santa comes for the, for, for the nice, but guess what? Jesus came for the naughty. Jesus came for the people like us. Like, you know, we are, yeah, we're, we're kind of nice, but, you know, sometimes we're kind of a jerk too, you know? <laughs> Jesus came for people like us. Only God could make a way for people like you and me to make it to heaven. Jesus ate with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners and all kinds of broken people. These were the kind of people that deserved a lump of coal in their stocking. And Jesus was hanging out with these people. He was having dinner with them. He was loving them. And then Jesus lived this amazing life. And then he died on the cross. And when he died, darkness fell on the land. The light was out. At last, it seemed like the darkness had won. At last, it seemed like the, the light had been extinguished. The, the disciples thought, it's, it's lights out. We are doomed now. But Sunday morning, we know that Jesus, on the third day, he rose again. And the light shone brightly. And this light is what gives us hope. See, all we have to do is, is, is take a step, to take a step of faith, to admit that we're living in the dark and take a step into the light. Are you willing to take a step into the light? Some of us say, I'm not sure if my eyes can take it. Have you ever done that before? You're in a really dark room and you step out into the sunlight and it's like, oh, it's painful how bright it is. I don't know if my eyes can, can take the brilliance of it. Let me tell you something, you can. Do you know why? Your eyes were made for the light. Your eyes were not made for the darkness, and yet so many of us were living our lives in the darkness. Your eyes were made to see the light. What we think is freedom in the darkness is actually the thing that is hindering us. You know, this day, December 21st, this is the winter solstice. The winter solstice is, uh, you know, the, the earth kind of rocks back and forth as it's rotating, and this is the shortest day of the year and the longest night of the year. And I think it's interesting that this is the time that, that we celebrate Christmas. Now, some of you might go, that's not when Jesus was actually born. Yeah, I know. Everybody knows. We get it. Okay. Thank you. We get it. But I think it's cool. Some of you are like, I was just getting ready to tell you that too. <laughs> we know. We all know. Um, here's the thing. On the solstice, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. How on the darkest day of the year, which is today, we celebrate the light that came. See, when does light shine brightest? The light shines brightest when it's the darkest out. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Now you have that. See, when Jesus came to live on this earth, he didn't just keep the light. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the light. You were once full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Take that step from the darkness into the light. Let God's light shine into your life. See, see, we're called to be the people, not people of darkness, but people of light. But not that we're just keeping the light to ourselves, but that we're sharing it. That we're sharing it with other people.
sharing the light. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And hide it under a bushel. No! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Like us and the light shines in the darkness. 